0: Radio. The transmission and reception of electromagnetic waves on radio frequency. Especially those carrying sound messages. Or the activity or industry of broadcasting sound programs to the public. Fanboy. Fanboy. A male fan. Especially one who behaves in an obsessive or overexcited way. This is the Radio Fanboy Podcast. And here's your host, Bevo. Today we're catching up with a Brisbane girl who has been on the radio for quite some time here in the River City. Met her briefly in the corridors of Triple M back in 2001, but since then, it's gone on to uh, quite a few radio stations. Today, we're catching up with Loretta Ryan. Hello, Loretta.
1: Hello, Bevo. How are you? <laughs> How are you? I'm good. I'm very good. Nice to hear from you after all these
0: years. Yes, I've um, delved into your bio online and I've learned a few different things. But our listeners today get to find out the real story behind you, Loretta Ryan.
1: So, Bevo, nothing's changed. You're still stalking.
0: (laughs) Well, it just says here Loretta Ryan was a fresh-faced 17-year-old when she started in radio back in 1983. You can carry on from there
1: if you want. Oh, can I? Sure. Oh, gosh, that was a long time ago. But you know what? Actually, when you talk about that, they—I I would have to say—that that time starting out in radio and working through the eighties with some, fan, you know, fantastic people, announcers—I that was the best time of my life. And you know, it started off my career that lasted, well, yes, over thirty years. But that was it. Um, well, it was. Radio 10 when I started, but it was the old 4IP originally, before I was there, and Radio 10, and then it went to Stereo 10, and then it went to Brisbane's 1008, and then it went to Light and Easy 1008, and and then it went back to the old 4IP, but... When I started, I started in the schedules department or traffic department. Um, you know, programming in all the ads. So I was a little 18-year-old uh, in in the, the the office there with the senior person there, Helen Powell. Hello, Helen, if you're listening. Um, but that they were the days when. They were just going onto computer. So when they were um, programming the ads in, they used, Helen used these strips. So it was really, it was manual. So she'd use these strips with ads written on them and she'd have to put them, you know, into the different times. Obviously, the sales reps had, went out and sold the space and sold the ads and they'd come in with the booking. But they just moved onto computers, which was great, but I had to learn all that. And then I had to program the ads into the computer, which they called Fred, which <laughs> pe- people in the inter- industry will know what that, that means. <laughs> and um, so I had to program the ads in. So they'd play when, when the guys, you know, on the air played them when they hit a button that the ads would fire off, you know, one after another. And um, look, it was it was a real major learning curve for me at 18, you know, not knowing anything about radio. But it was so great to learn all that. And And I'll never forget, you know... Gosh, they were the days when you had a, a really big hard drive disk, you know, like really it was heavy to carry and you had to do an overnight with the computer. So you'd have to, overnight you'd have to get all your logs ready, put in all the the ads that had been booked in and then the computer would do an overnight run so you'd get in the next morning and you could print out the logs with the ads in place. Wow. But often, often what would happen overnight... computer would crash so you'd get in you'd get in and no logs were ready for the day and so you it was a mad scramble to then you have to do that overnight during the day and you wouldn't get to start your day really then till two o'clock in the afternoon so it was just it was a crazy time but it was a great learning time and then you know, through that, because I had to deal with production and making sure that I had the right, you know, material and that the ads were being voiced. Through that, I learnt a little bit of voice work as well, and um, and learnt a little bit how to produce some ads. You know, to, I suppose to the extent of putting music under under a read, but it was it was great, you know. And um, so that was how I started in in the schedules department.
0: Do you remember who was on air at that time?
1: Yes. Um, The lovely Paul J. Turner, the late Paul J. Turner, who we lost just recently, Um, I'll never forget him, and I ended up working um, with him a little bit down the track at 4BH a few years back. Also, there was Marty Doyle, who I'm still in in contact with as well, Um, and also there was Chris Lee wonderful Chris Lee and Mike Andrew was another one so they were the early days that I remember and Peter Gooch Peter Gooch who I ended up working up working again with at ABC as well so they were the they were the guys who I remember um when I first started there you know and you it's amazing because you're you, you look at these guys you think wow you know they're they're the voices that you hear and I used to listen to and now I'm working here and I was I was actually too scared to go into the studio at times, oh, you know, wow. <laughs> it was just yeah. But there was, was such great days that those learning, you know, early days of radio, and then later on, um, yeah, Dave Daly, I worked with, um, and also Rob Elliott, of course, who I'm still good friends with. Um, look, so many Billy, the late Billy J Smith, I worked with him. He had a program on when it was. Uh, radio 10 went to stereo 10 he did the morning show and jackie mcdonald i remember did the, the breakfast show oh, with cool. john with john miller so i worked with billy J. you know producing, getting his um, interviews in and things like that. It was Billy Jay and Chris Lee doing that show. Um, Look, there's so many wonderful people I worked with that I'll never forget, you know, in those early days, but then also right through my career.
0: So you get to spend seven years at Radio 10 and then you moved on to Triple M.
1: That's right. Yes, about seven, seven and a half years. And I went on to Triple M. Well, actually, what happened with Radio 10, so it had become Brisbane's 1008, I think, by then, and... um, it was turning into, uh, later on it turned into 4TAB uh, and I thought, well I'm not ready to call racing yet, maybe <laughs> one day, maybe one day, <laughs> but um, I was lucky enough yeah to get a job at Triple M which was wonderful and that was, by this time though I had moved into the newsroom so at, at, the wonderful thing about those early days of radio is that you learnt so many different Aspects of the radio station, so I started in schedules. Then I learnt how to cart those commercials, and and as I said, you know, learn how to produce them, and went into production and learnt how to voice them. And uh, then uh, over that time, there was several management changes with those name changes mm. and and format changes, and I had. I did the air TV course, which I should have told you earlier, because that was an early part of my radio career. And the, the air TV course is where I met the wonderful John Knox, because yes. he was running them, and Sam Robinson. And it was John Knox who said to me um, that I should think about, you know, doing news, because uh, we were doing a news segment, and I did some news reading for him, and and he put, you know, that mind that sort of idea in my head, because I really I really did like it. So. I asked them that at Radio 10 and they gave me a cadetship. So I moved into the newsroom. And, I mean, that was a baptism of fire too. But I had some great, you know, again, great teachers there who I worked with and, you know, a great opportunity for me to be able to get that cadetship there. So so that's how I started my news. And then when things were changing then at, um, at Brisbane's 1008, which it then was, and was was going to 4 be uh, A friend who I used to work with at Radio Ten was by now over at Triple M herself, and she told me that about a job that was going, and it was in the newsroom. So I applied, and I got the job. And so I was doing Wednesday. Wednesday to Sundays, so I was doing the weekend news and then a bit of, you know, the reporting and backup during the week, so that's how I started in the newsroom, and so I was at Triple M then for 16 years, and, and again, that was such a great time, like, I loved every minute of Triple M, and I was able to do a lot of different things there, stayed in the news the whole time, but also was able to branch out and did a show called Blood, Sweat and Beards yes. in the afternoon. <laughs> yes,
0: I was a big <laughs> fan of that show, you and
1: Albie and was it Marto on with you as well? Well, no, when it started, it was me and the beautiful Rod Tiley, the late yes, Rod Tiley, Mr right. T. Mr T, yeah. Yeah, and he came up with the idea for the show, actually, and he asked me would I would be on it, and, and, I, and he was my news director in the newsroom at the time as well. And and also it was Brendan Jones, so Jonesy. Jonesy, so the original, yeah, the original blood, sweat and beers was um, Jonesy, Mr T and me. And then when Jonesy went and you know went off to Sydney, and of course is you know so famous in Sydney, isn't he on yeah. the TV and everything? Um, we got Aldobi. So yeah, it was it was a lovely time, and and it was that was a great show. And, and again, you know. A great learning curve and to be working with those fabulous guys so experienced it it was wonderful so you know things changed again as they always do as you know and then um, but I was always in the newsroom which was good so when blood sweat and beers finished I could go back into the newsroom so I stayed in the newsroom until I left and then went across to 4BH. Yes. And the job was for uh, a breakfast show with um, Kim Mothershaw because um, the girl who was on, Lisa Sheehan, who had previously been at Triple M, she was leaving. So I, I, I applied, oh, they approached me and um, I got the job and so I was on with Kim Mothershaw. I, I'm not quite sure how long I was on. I don't know if we were one, one year or two years before Kim left and um, then I, the next instalment, the next person I worked with after Kim left was the wonderful Moyd Kay, who's a dear friend of mine. And we had a great time on 4BH and, um, you know, we had a really good little following as well and um, enjoyed our time there. But then, because 4BH and 4BC were owned by the one company and I had decided or have felt like, I would like to do talk, and they had put the idea in our mind. I think it was because we always get – because 4BH was a music show and we liked to talk a lot, we kept getting (laughs) told to shut up by the management, and so I think they thought, let's move them across to talk. (laughs) So... But, no, they offered us, um, if we were interested, to go across to 4BC, and we did, and Moyd and I did the afternoon show there for a couple of years, and we had a wonderful time. I love working with Moyd. I think we, we just knew each other so well, you know, and just had a lot of fun. And so, from 4BH, 4BC, and then things changed again, like I as, as they do in radio, and remember, Four BH went to Magic. Anyway, Mo-, Mo went back to Magic. I wanted to stay at Four BC, and that's when I did the breakfast show with Ian Skippin. Awesome stuff. Yeah. So does that make sense? Yeah, totally. <laughs> so yeah, I just felt like I, was, I felt like I, you know, wanted to keep the talk thing going because I loved telling people stories and, um, and anyway, working with Ian again was fabulous because he was al- already a friend as well. I've been yeah. so lucky. Um, with everyone I've worked with that um, they've been so easy to work with and um, we've become really great friends which is lovely
0: It must feel good being able to um, stay in the one town too because so many people have to move all around the country yet you were lucky enough to stay in the one market and station hop
1: yeah, look, I was I, I was very lucky. I was lucky to get the job when I did at such a young age. But by the same token, being at the ABC now, as, as I see a lot of people, and I have been out to the regions and and um, did a little bit of a fill-in stint at Rockhampton when the floods were on and we went there and reported and I did a show or two from there. But I have, look, I really admire everyone I work with there who they, they have spent time in the regions and they have worked. And I would say to, um, you know, young people who or younger people wanting to get into radio or who are just starting, um, if you can get a job in the regions, Just go there and enjoy it for a couple of years because, like I started in Brisbane, you get to learn a whole lot of different departments. And and I was very lucky Um, in the regions, you get to learn so much and um, you get all those good contacts. And you also get an understanding of the state, and especially when you're doing different stories about droughts or you know, floods. And just you know what I mean, you just know the the region and the area. And I think um, there's a real great grounding there in those. In those regional stations so yes i was lucky but by the same token i admire those people and sometimes wish that i had of had a stint out there you know in one of those regional stations
0: the uh transition coming from commercial radio into um, the national broadcaster what things did you have to relearn or do differently
1: well i think i was lucky because i'd had the base and the grounding in news i sort of i knew you know, and especially, firstly, I was in AM News um, at Radio 10. So, um, you know, I had that sort of grounding. And then going to FM News, the change from there was I had to change the style for FM. So you, you, you were more conversational um, in your presentation and in your writing. And I think that skill, um, I'm grateful for that skill because I think sometimes... I found the transition a little bit easier because I think the conversational conversational style is—I don't know if you call it a lot easier on the ear or just being yourself—but yeah. being able to translate the story. Um, you know, I would say probably the the transition from commercial to the national broadcaster would be, of, of course, um, the branding. You know, you're not allowed to mention. You know commercial brands, mm. um, and of course, no, you. You can't really give your opinion because you've just got it. You've got to just make sure you're very um, fair and unbiased, and you and you're basically giving the story, giving the news, or whatever the interview is about. Um, you're giving the information. Um, that's you know that's what you've got to remember. You know, um, but and also I suppose language as well and. You know we're very focused on diversity as well, which I hope, and I think that um is becoming more apparent as well in across the board in the media. Um, so yeah, there's I suppose that that's the main thing, and also you know we're so used to on commercial radio, aren't we, giving away prizes yeah. and having these great things, and yeah, it's a bit different at the abc because you don't you can't just call on you know a client to mm. give you some free stuff Yeah, that's right. um yeah so yeah it's all those things you've got to remember but oh we can give we're giving away a coffee mug though <laughs> with an abc coffee mug with your yeah. your, your name on it <laughs> with my name and my my photo is, along with craig zonker who's my co-host on the breakfast show um we've got our photo on a coffee mug
0: you are quite photogenic loretta which has led to oh. a career in television as well you've I see here, this is um, something that uh, made my ears prick up, Paradise
1: Beach. Oh, God. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, well, that one always comes out. I always pull that one out. My name was Stephanie Wallace. I was from the Gazette. Oh. Um, So, yeah, that was, oh, gosh. I don't know. You know, I often think back of how much energy I had to try a whole lot of things, and I think that's probably that's the main thing and that's what you like to do when you're in the media but yeah i decided to do a little bit of an acting course and um anyway they send you for auditions and i got a couple of television ads to do and and stuff um but they sent me for this audition for paradise beach so that was that show down the gold coast which i don't know would you call it a bit like a home and away thing not quite but uh, it had a lot of girls in
0: bikinis i remember that did you yeah did you have to wear the bikini
1: no, no, I was a reporter. I had shoulder pads. Okay, so very good. <laughs> um, so, but I did have to say my one and only line to Robert Colby. Okay. Do you know him? Yes. You, you do know him, don't you, Bevo? He's an actor.
0: No, I don't. I'd have, oh, to, I'd have to Google him to find his photos.
1: Yes, he's a well-known actor. in. And he, actually, I think he, he acts overseas now in, the, in right. the United States. But the other person that I spoke to was... Olivia Newton-Johns, oh, former me. husband, no, not her, oh. her former husband, <laughs> can you wait till I finish the sentence, The former husband, her former husband, Matt Lutanzi, he was in that show okay. as well. Yeah. So, do you know him even?
0: No. I'm going to have to oh, Google gosh. him as well,
1: but I want to she know met, the line that you said. She met him in Xanadu. Okay, the line that I said to Robert Colby, I don't know the whole line, but part of it I know is... Um, Stephanie Wallace from the Gazette, and then I asked my line. I can't remember the line, but it was something about we were standing on the beach at the time, and I don't know what. I didn't even know what had happened. But so I had that one part, yeah. And then there was another show down there, a similar thing, and I forgot its name. I forgot its name. I don't know. I, it might be it wasn't chances it's something. Anyway, I forgot its name. But then I got another role as a reporter. I always got typecast as a reporter. Is it because so, your news background and the way you spoke yeah, at the time? Maybe I because i could deliver deliver the newsline, maybe yeah, yeah. um but yeah so i did that and look later on i did i did do some hosting um i did a show called FMV tv which is a film music television show and it was produced by um, paula Mira, um, who is now a dear friend and now also sadly passed away um but he had a an advertising agency and he produced this show and it was a lot of fun we interviewed you know artists and um it was a little half hour show that was shown on channel seven and he also had shows um housing shows as well um and I i hosted those um you know just sort of looking at new homes and new developments um so that was you know i really enjoyed doing that type of stuff as well um but yeah, so there's just a little bit, little bit of TV, and also I had a chance to um, do a week hosting on Br- Brisbane Extra. Yes, I remember that. Yeah, so that was, I think that was while um, Gillian Whiting was away, she was hosting at the time, and I think she was on maternity leave, I think, and um, and she's a dear friend of mine, and also later on I I was working doing a little bit of part time work there, so I would be going to 4BH doing my breakfast show. And then I would go there and do some stories um, after the breakfast show. But I loved it. You know, I loved being able to get out, tell people stories and then see them on, on the screen. But the greatest satisfaction for me with both that and also the you know, radio um, interviews that I do now is the satisfaction that it gives to others when they hear their stories on the air. And I just love telling people stories.
0: It's Yeah, it's, it's quite a skill. And you've got that skill that um, translates from your radio days into television. But one thing I did notice, I saw you on Facebook the other day. Um, Uh (laughs) (laughs) Uh-oh. You're you're still friends with um, some great journalists and news uh, storytellers. I'm talking about um, the wonderful Monique Jews at 97.3. Oh, yes, of course.
1: I was at lunch with her the other day. Yeah, was Uh, that Australia? Yeah, we've got some mutual friends. Yeah, she's great. Well, I worked with her um, in the newsroom. When when Triple M and B105 merged... um, we well, it was in the 90, uh, 90s I guess I, I'm try, I can't remember the year but we merged and for a while there the newsroom worked out of the B105 office which was at Bowen Hills yeah. before we went into the big building at North Quay but now they've moved in up, into another beautiful building down there in Paddington but um, yeah so we were working together closely in the newsroom and it, and it was lovely so that goes way back so Monique at the time I think I think, oh gosh, she might have been, she was reading Breakfast. She had a stand-up Breakfast. I think she was reading Drive, but she was, oh yeah, we, we worked in that newsroom with Mr T, Rod Tiley. He was the news director. Um, yeah, so, so Monex. yeah, she's lovely.
0: And the other person in that photo was Sharon Goodella from Channel Sharon,
1: 7. Sharon Goodella, yes, and also Shari Armistead, who um, is also a television um well, she's not in television at the moment, but she's she was a well-known journalist and newsreader as well, and great friends with Sharon. So we were we were all having a nice party at Shari's place. But yeah, Sharon Goodella, she's they're all lovely. You know, I'm so I'm blessed, and you have that common. I suppose, common thing that you do. So it's a common interest, isn't it? And, um, you know, sometimes I think, gee, if anybody else is around, all you tend to do is talk about work stuff. (laughs) But you can't help falling into that. No, well, that's that's Um, the, yeah,
0: like you said, that's the common interest and that's
1: what you all can fall back on to talk about. But, yeah, but, you know, I've been, Uh, You know, I have a a lot of wonderful friends, as I mentioned before, Gillian Whiting and Karen Whelan, a a girlfriend of mine, is she's actually now uh, in competition to me because she is producing a competition breakfast show. (gasps) Shock horror. Yes, she's she's producing 4BC. (laughs) No way. Yes. But no, but, but you know what? hey, you, you don't even worry about that stuff. with we, your friends.
0: We haven't really touched on your, your current breakfast show on um, the ABC, 612. Yeah, we
1: better do that. Who's your co-host? It's Craig Zonka. So Craig has been, gosh, he's been at the ABC for as long as I was at Triple M. You know, he, he, he started there, I think, at the ABC when he was about 16 or 17. So he's, um, and he's... A Rockhampton boy, yep. and and he so he's worked in the regions and, um, he used to do a show called The Country Hour, so he, and then uh, I think um, he did a drive show as well. So he's done a lot of you know country stuff and of course been in Brisbane now. Um, we've been doing the breakfast show together now. I think this must be the third year. I lose track. Um, and yeah, and he look, he's just he's so he's you know when you get those people who are just so. Good at thing, good at stuff. Like he's great on the technical, he's great on the tools, and he's got one of those minds that remembers everybody's name. And Skip was like that as well. He'd meet someone, or you know, get introduced to someone, or or a listener would talk to them on the air, and they three days later they'll tell you, oh, that was Bob from Greenslopes who was mowing his lawn the other day. And it's like, gosh, wow. you know, yeah, yeah. So, but just really. You know, I just think it's the love of, of the medium, the love of radio, and, and Craig has that. And, again, it's great. We get on really well, which is lovely.
0: Oh, definitely. If you're sharing a studio for three hours a day, it's always a good thing.
1: Well, that's thing. that's the thing. And, you know, you do have – everyone's tired. You, you, you're starting work early, so – you know, you've got to be up in the morning. There's no use coming coming to work and going, you know, yeah, good. You know, because it's nobody else wants to hear that and and you know, so Craig bounds in, he's got he's full of energy. And Ian Skippen used to be like that too. Gosh, he was funny. <laughs> you'd hear him you'd hear him coming from the car park because he'd be singing <laughs> and and I'd be in the room already and one of the producers and we'd look at look at each other and go, "Oh god." You know. <laughs> but I loved it. I loved the fact that he was up because when you have people around you like that, they bring you up as well. That's exactly and, right. You know, you got to have you got to have that energy for breakfast. Do you have a decent coffee machine there at the ABC? <laughs> this is something I've always wanted to know. No, I make the coffee before I go, and I I, I need to have my coffee on the way. Yeah. And sometimes, if I haven't had time to make it in the morning, I will do the drive through through thing at yep. Maccas. Yeah. Um. See, I can say that I can say that on your podcast, yes, can't you I? <laughs> um. And I'll be nice, and I'll take the others one in too. You know, I'll take Craig one in, and a couple of our producers. But um, the coffee There is a coffee machine there. I think a pod machine. But you know, um. But some people drink instant as well. Craig yeah. will have the instant. I don't like it, the instant. I know that's snobbish. But I only have two cups of coffee a day, and I've got to have a good one. Yes. So, yeah, I'll usually make it make it when I get in. And then after the show, we will go for a walk, and we'll go to a coffee shop and get a coffee as well. Oh, look
0: at you two, guy. You're just yeah. setting the standard for how <laughs> breakfast shows should work together.
1: Well, you know, you've, we've figured you've got to get out of the building yep. and after you've done the show and it gives you a chance to sort of clear your head and also we might sit down and talk about, you know, what, what are we going to follow for the next day and, you know, what's happening and things we're going to do. And the producers, you know, we have two producers, so they'll usually come with us as well. you just got to have that break. What does the future hold
0: for you, Loretta? What, what's in your crystal ball or on your bucket list? What you, would you like to achieve in your career? Because you've done the radio, you've done the Paradise Point,
1: uh, Paradise parad- Point. No, it's Paradise Beach.
0: Paradise Beach. Paradise uh, Point. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's halfway between oh, gosh. Gold Coast and Richard or somewhere. Yeah. Um, yeah what, what, what's something you've always wanted to try and you haven't um, haven't had the chance to yet? Is there gosh. anything on the bucket list?
1: Yes, I want to do play school. <laughs> oh, yeah. That'd be unreal. <laughs> Isn't that funny? I just thought of that. Um, I've On the bucket list, it's fun- when I was a kid, though, I often, I've thought about this recently. I used to sit in my playroom and with my little toys and I would, you know, I'd pretend I was on TV. Yeah. Because you know how we used to watch the cartoons and I still remember there was a girl I used to watch called Shazza and, you know, and, I'd, and Jackie McDonald, of course, and you'd sit there and you, I'd pretend I was introducing a cartoon and I had all the toys around me. Um, I don't think I want to do a children, that type of thing now. <laughs> but I've always thought, yeah, play school would be good. <laughs> you know well, you're with the right company to do that i now. know there you go <laughs> no look really i don't i don't know um i st- I, I would like to do um i just still want to keep telling stories i just love interviewing people and i love the fact now with radio it's not just about radio, it's also digital, you can put things online. Um so a story has a lot more life than just the one run or the two runs that it gets on a radio program. Um you you know, you can go out, you can take the photos or you can take a little video and you can put the story online, which we like to do as well. Because, you know, people they've missed it, they want to hear it, you know, you can send them the link, they can go online. But I do love yeah, I do love just finding out from people, everyday people, um, about their lives and and telling their story, you know. So Um, do you have a podcast at the moment? I don't have a podcast, no, at the moment. And I know everybody says, you know, they're doing this podcast or they're listening to this one and I think, oh, maybe, yeah, maybe it's something that I should look at um, because I definitely would like to keep doing interviews and to keep keep broadcasting, you know, maybe to still do a little bit more TV, um, you know, but... So I can just tell tell the stories, really.
0: So if home and away are looking for extras, you'd put your hand up? Would, well, you? do you
1: know, look, I probably still got that burning desire to be an actor. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> um, I'd love to be able to sing. Can't sing. Although. What about know, karaoke?
0: Have you tried karaoke, oh, Yeah. Lure?
1: Yeah, Big Spender is my big karaoke. I was going fit. to ask what's the big yeah, song, but you know, gave it to me. Although we did have an ABC Christmas party and... Um, a, a, a ABBA number there. Gimme, gimme, gimme. Oh, that was, yes. That, that, <laughs> but isn't it funny though? I'm just really grateful in this industry to to still have a job that yes. I've had since I was 18. I every day I pinch myself, and um, you know I've never taken it for granted. It, you know, we lost our jobs when I was at 4BC. There was about 18 of us who, on the same day, were all told that was it. Yeah. And and I was at 4BC for about nine years. And, you know, I said to them at the time, well, oh, you know, I can stay and do news. Put me in the newsroom. No, 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 we thought about that, but no, you know. And they just got rid of everybody. And, you know, I never spoke much about it at the time, but it was really, it was a really sad day. And it, it did affect me and I was upset and I had some really great friends. I mean, Skip went through it as well. Yeah. There was So many great people went through it. And I was just so lucky that I had um, a lot of people in the industry you know, who'd worked with over the years and 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 even people that I didn't know that well and particularly someone who comes to mind is Spencer Housen, who's now back at 4BC. Yeah, I saw because that. Because he, he, he used to listen to Moyd and I and he'd send us funny texts and, you know, and he said to me, um, come over here to the ABC, you know, and there was a another girl, Vanessa Wiltshire, who worked there and also Annie Papillado who were friends and she was working there and th- they were so wonderful and... I'm so grateful that they they did support me and I went over there and, you know, I, I was able to shadow and you just go in gradually and, and, and see if you can learn or you're interested and, and, and wait and do work until maybe there's a position and, you, you know, you've got to apply like everybody else but and train because there was so much to learn it but i am grateful you know sometimes they say things happen for a reason and if that had not have happened to me at 4bc i would not have learned what i've learnt over there yeah. you know the, the the panel panel uh the desk and and the the production side of it and the doing the you know just so much more i've learned so and and now doing breakfast at abc which i never thought that i would do i never ever in my wildest dreams thought that i'd be working at the abc let alone doing breakfast
0: Loretta Ryan, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the Radio Fanboy podcast. Like I said, I've been following your career since you're at uh, Triple M and wow, <laughs> you're still going. Good on you.
1: Did I ramble a bit? No. <laughs> that's what this podcast is all about. I know, but you know, it's like it's 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 late in the afternoon I haven't had much sleep. I get up at three like you do. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's when you do your best work though is when you're tired, um, I reckon.
1: Uh, maybe. <laughs> after oh, that one or two copies. After one or two copies. Yeah, only yeah. two a day. That's all I'm having. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But, Bevo, it's been so lovely to speak to you and chat to you. You are doing a fabulous job with your podcast. Well done. I'm so glad, you know, that you're doing well after all these years, seeing you in the hallways of Triple M. Thanks, Loretta Ryan.
0: The Radio Fanboy Podcast, hosted by Bevo and produced by Matt
1: Fulton Productions. Dan Hill speaking.